0: What's up, fools? This is Colby Wood with the Medical Sales Certification Podcast, and welcome to this episode. And I wanted to share with you a phone call that I had with a guy. Uh, His name is Dakota. Uh, I talked with him a couple of days ago. He had reached out to me on uh, email. I think it was email. He reached out to me. Anyway, we started a conversation, and he asked to jump on the phone. So I I jumped on the phone with him, and ended up talking with him for like probably 30 minutes or so. And uh, there were a number of questions that he had about uh, medical sales and if he should get go to the medical sales college. And he's had a number of interviews that um, that he's been turned down on. And so he was trying to get my take on it and, and thoughts and, and pieces of advice that I could give him. And so I wanted to kind of reiterate those or that conversation for the, the wider group as a whole, because it will probably be helpful for many of you who are trying to get into medical sales, and/or if you're somebody that's debating uh, if you should go to the medical sales college or something like that. So, um, the, I guess the kind of a, a, a short background on on this guy, just so that you have some context for the conversation and for where this conversation with you guys or this podcast is going to go. Uh, he is late 20s, and he is he's had a couple years of sales experience, and he wants to get into medical sales. And what he's debating is, should he go to the medical sales college or not? And the situation that he's in is he has had uh, six interviews for medical sales positions. So um, that's an important statistic that I actually had to pull out of him because I needed to know if he had tried to get interviewed for a medical sales position, if he had if he had interviewed and or had tried to to get hired for a medical sales position or not, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of people that I've talked with who uh, they tell me that they have struggled to get into medical sales, but then I ask them, well, how many interviews have you had? And they say zero, or they say one. You can't use a, you can't have an end value of one and think that that's going to be a good source for like objective analysis, like one of anything is, is no good. So uh, he's had six interviews. And the feedback that he's gotten, and what he told me is that on his six interviews, they have all told him what he needs. And what he what they're looking for that he doesn't have is medical experience, as in, you know, either medical sales experience, experience or a background in medicine or something like that. And so what he's looking at is well, I've I've heard this six times in interviews, so I'm thinking maybe I should go to the medical sales college. But the medical sales college costs a significant amount of money. You know, it's going to cost you ten to twelve thousand dollars, I believe. And so that's kind of the the scope of the landscape of how we started the conversation. I think the first the first thing that I would say on the medical sales college because um, you know I, obviously that's they're probably the most famous. Or most well-known uh, training, formal training program for people that want to get get into medical sales. I'm I'm not like anti or pro medical sales college. You know, it's like I think it's it's a tool that many of people can use and have used to get their foot in the door into medical sales career. And so, generally speaking, I think it's a good good use or a good tool for for people who need that help, who need that experience, who need the connections, etc. The thing that I told this guy Dakota is just so we're clear, and I think this is important for you guys if you're considering a medical sales college or you're you're thinking about, you know, potentially going down that road is there is no standard certification of any sort for medical sales reps. So when you go to the medical sales college, you're going to walk out of there with a sheet of paper that's a certificate of completion of their course, and that's it. Now, that's not the only thing you get while you're going there, because you're going to get connections, you're going to have relevant experience, but you're you're getting a certificate of completion for doing that course, for going to that course. That does not guarantee you anything in this space. Now, you know, if you look on their website, they advertise a very high placement rate, and and that's probably accurate. I think the majority of the people that go there probably do get. Medical sales jobs. So that's good, right? That can be a very good thing. But understand that it's not a guarantee by any means. And what I told Dakota is like, look, when you walk out of the medical sales college, you're going to have a sheet of paper that says, I completed this program. The value of that sheet of paper is all dependent on the eyes of the beholder. So whoever is hiring you, whoever you're interviewing with, the only way that that's going to matter is if the person that you're interviewing with knows who or what the Medical Sales College is and the legitimacy of it or not. If you're going to slide that sheet of paper across the table and say, yeah, I went to the Medical Sales College. Here's my certificate of completion. They may say, wow, that's awesome. You know, that's a differentiator right off the bat. We're probably going to hire you because you've had relevant experience. You understand what you're getting into. You've seen, you know, how this job works or, you know, whatever the curriculum looks like at the Medical Sales College. Or they could be like, what's that? Who is that? Is that relevant? etc. So it's not a guarantee. And I gave him an example, just just to kind of just so we're clear, I want to, I try to give you like, the reality of the situation as best as I can, at least from my eyes. There was a guy that reached out to me on LinkedIn, about two weeks ago. I don't recall his name. Anyway, he's in I believe Dallas, Texas, somewhere in Texas, I think it's Dallas. Might have been Houston, but either way, not not important. He went to the medical sales college, and now is struggling to get hired in Texas, okay? So he went to the medical sales college, he completed it, and now he's struggling to get hired. He's gotten interviews, but he's not getting past them, right? Like he's he's not the person that they're picking for that position. I share that with you simply because I don't want you to have rose-colored glasses that in my programs or any other programs, whether paid or free or anything like that, When you are getting hired for a job, whether you've gone to these programs or not, they're hiring you based on who they're seeing across the table from them. Now, you may be coming to the table with a bunch of experience, and you went to this college and you did this program, and da da da. And maybe that's maybe that's all you need. But understand, even if you go to the medical sales college, you're still going to have to perform in the interview. You're still going to have to go into that interview and impress the person that's hiring you. That's not a guarantee. That's not a golden ticket. So, you know, I just, I want, I want to be clear. And so what I asked him are two things, two, two questions in particular, based on his experience. So he had, as a quick reminder, he had been through six interviews and what he told me, the feedback that he got, because obviously I asked him, well, why didn't you get the jobs? He said, because I didn't have the medical experience. And I said, okay, number one, is that the real objection? you always have to know if that's the real objection or not. Are they telling you, oh, it's because you don't have medical experience because that's true? Or are they telling you that because that is the easy thing to say when they just simply don't want to hire you for whatever reason? It's very easy. It's an easy cop-out answer or an easy cop-out reason why they're not going to hire you to just say, well, you just don't have the medical experience. We're looking for somebody with experience in that area and you don't have it. That's an easy thing to do. And it's, you know, let's be honest, it's very easy to tell people those things that are skill sets that somebody would or would not have than it is abilities. Okay, it's very easy to tell somebody, let me let me rephrase that, it's much easier to let somebody down on skill sets than it is abilities. Meaning that, if it's something that you have or have not learned just simply because you haven't done it, you haven't had the experience, that's an easier laydown, an easier way to let you down than it is to say i'm not going to hire you because of your abilities. i like somebody else because they're more charismatic than you are. That's a, <laughs> that's tougher to tell somebody than it is, yeah, we just we we actually have other candidates who have more relevant experience. They've done this before and so that's why we're going to choose them rather than actually, we just like the other, the other candidates more than you. The other candidates are nicer than you are. The other candidates are more charismatic than you are. The other candidates are just more interesting people than you are, right? Like, like that's just, it's harder to do. And so it doesn't mean that it's not true. It doesn't mean that this this guy, Dakota, it doesn't mean that when he's hearing, well, the reason we're not going to hire you is because you don't have medical experience. It doesn't necessarily mean that's not true. What it does mean is that you've got to dig deeper and figure out if that's actually the reason. Because it could be that they're just saying that as a way to let you down. So you need to know that. And I'm going to come back to that uh, a little bit later in this podcast, because you have to bring up the reasons why somebody wouldn't hire you. So I want to come back to that. But the other thing, so I asked them that first and foremost, all right, is that the real reason why? And then I said number two, all right, let's assume that that is the legitimate objection. Let's assume that the reason, the actual reason they're not hiring you is not because you don't have as much sales experience. That's relevant. It's not because you're not as charismatic. It's not because you didn't connect with them as well as somebody else did. It's not because on strict emotion, they just like the other person better, or they trusted the other person better, or, you know, an infinite other reasons why. Let's assume that they're being honest with you. And they say, no, the, if you had medical experience, I would be hiring you, but because you don't have this, I'm going with somebody else. Okay. Let's, let's assume that's true. Okay. The next question is, what is that gap? What is the difference? What is it that would make the difference for you in getting that job? If medical experience or knowledge is the gap. If it's a small gap, and what I mean by a small gap is this, and this is what I told him. He was actually interviewing with, a, with Wright Medical recently. They Wright medical is uh, primarily foot and ankle hardware so that's that's kind of what they're known for they've bought some other companies they bought tournier recently and they they may have some other companies under their umbrella but right medical in and of itself is very much a hardware foot and ankle company i said to him i said okay so what this is gonna you're gonna have to do some you know use your instinct on this use your analysis use your gut on this but if that gap is small meaning that well they say, yeah, you don't have medical experience. If you came back and said, hey, I totally understand. I don't have the medical experience, but I could tell you the 26 bones in the foot and ankle right now. I can tell you the relevant uh, ligaments and tendons around the ankle joint that are relevant for the products that we would sell. Would that be the difference maker for you? That I think is the important question to follow up with. That's a small gap. Now, if you think that it's going to require a lot more than that, i.e. the gap between in your medical knowledge or your medical experience is larger, meaning that that, knowing those things would not be the difference maker for you, then I do think you should go to the medical sales college. Because where else are you going to get the quote-unquote hands-on experience? And how else are you going to sell yourself to somebody that's looking to hire you if just knowing that type of information that you could learn on your own if knowing that on your own and learning that on your own is not going to be enough to close that gap then you do need to find something more substantial that's probably a hands-on situation where you could get connections in the industry where you could spend time in surgery and you could sell yourself better by doing something like that then i think you should go the medical sales college route or something like that but you've got to analyze like what is the gap what is how big is that gap that is between me and getting this job. If, if we accept that the medical knowledge or the medical experience is what's lacking. If what I told him is like, if the difference is just you knowing some of those things and you could, you could present like, yeah, I don't have medical experience, but I know the anatomy. I know all of the relevant anatomy and I understand our products already. I understand the difference between cortical and cancellous screws. I understand how to lag a cortical screw i understand what the relevant you know bony landmarks are for doing a plating case i understand what a lapidus procedure is i understand what a liz frank injury is like if you know that is that going to be the difference maker that closes that gap that's that's how i think about do i go to the medical sales college route or something else do i take a certification program do i you know i guess the from my perspective the medical sales college is the only one that i'm familiar with personally as far as a hands-on training program that's not just like an online online learning learning program. So uh, that's what I told him. And I, I, I think you need to think about it from that perspective as well, is like, what is the gap for you? If it feels like a big gap between you and your ability to convince somebody that you're the right hire, then you probably need to do something like that. But if you feel like it's a small gap that you can close on your own, like, why not save that money and do something else and just learn it on your own. And then go convince them like, yeah, I understand. I don't have medical experience, but I can tell you the 26 bones of the foot right now, or you're interviewing with a shoulder, you know, you go interview with Tornier who sells the total shoulders. It's like, Hey, I know the Glen or will I understand primary versus res- reverse. <laughs> I understand primary versus reverse shoulder arthroplasty. You know, that might be the difference maker for you. That might be all you need. And it's, there's no way that I can tell you that. It's, it's going to be your intuition based on the interview and trying to be as objective as you can about it. So that's kind of, that's kind of the, the way we started it. Um, I think that was helpful for him to, to look at it from that perspective. The, the other thing that I talked to him about is because he was kind of using my LinkedIn strategy for getting these interviews because like, six interviews is it's better than one interview obviously like that's not a good sample size but it's you know it's not 10 it's not 20 but that that gives you a decent number to at least start with and give you some feedback on but he's like you know what i've been using is i've been reaching out on linkedin like you've been saying but i haven't been able to get connected with anybody meaning that he's like i've i've messaged probably 10 people on linkedin and I haven't gotten a single response from any of, the, any of the 10 or 12 people that I've messaged on LinkedIn. And I said, well, at that point, if you've done like double digits and you haven't gotten a single response, you've got to look at what you're telling them. You've got to look at what you're saying to them, right? Like LinkedIn is a form of communication with somebody that you want to talk with. And so the strategy that I've told people to use is to figure out the people that you want to work for or that you you figure out the companies that you want to work for. Then you go on LinkedIn and you figure out who works for those companies in the area that you want to work and live and that have the job title that's relevant for you to connect with. And you, you connect with them and then you reach out to them. What I can't necessarily give you because it's, that's going to have to come from you. And this is where the talent comes into play is what do you say to them? Like the strategy is right, just so we're clear. Like, I get messages on LinkedIn all the time. And I'm sure everybody else does too, that's in positions like me. It's not the it's not the medium. It's not the format. It's what are you actually saying when you're doing it? The same thing as interviewing. You might have all the skill sets that you're looking for, but you've actually got to perform when it comes to the interview. You've actually got to sit across from that person for an hour. And make yourself out to be this interesting, legitimate person that they can trust, that they can value, that they wanna invest in. Like, that's where the talent comes in. And I'm like, Dakota, you gotta think about what you're saying to them. It can't be, and this is a little bit difficult because obviously you're trying to get something out of them, but it can't be just asking. It can't be like, hey, my name's Dakota. I wanna get into medical sales. Can you tell me who I should talk with? Like, that's probably not gonna get a response. If all you're doing is asking and you're not at least trying to give something, you're probably going to get a significantly lower response rate because who wants to do that? Like if somebody just messaged me on LinkedIn and said, hey, I'm young and I want to I heard that LinkedIn was the best best method to connect with people that are in the industry and you should know where the jobs are. So will you tell me how to do this? Like (laughs) that's just not going to get a response. I'm like, try to give them something. Hey, and, and I understand it can be difficult when you're you're in that position, but like offer them, hey, look, I'm not looking for a job. I'm not looking for anything other than can I buy you a coffee and pick your brain on medical sales? Hey, I'm new to this area, or hey, I'm graduating college, or hey, you know, I'm, I've been in sales, but I'm curious about medical sales. Can I buy you a coffee at some point, get 10 minutes of your time and pick your brain about medical sales? That's a lot less threatening, and you're probably going to get a higher response rate. But you you have to understand that just because you're, I don't think I've done a, I just haven't spent that much time, at least in the podcast or any of the content that I produce, talking about the talent level and the kind of the art of what we do to get good results. Because it's art and science. And I've done podcasts on art and science in the past. The science can be right. Reaching out to people on LinkedIn, like LinkedIn gives you access to people that can hire you. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that strategy. That is the right strategy. Because then you can get the ear of somebody who could actually hire you. That is the right strategy. Cool. We got that. You're just apparently not able to tell them or or talk to them in a way that's actually interesting to them. Like, I can't give you the exact words that you should put into a LinkedIn message. That's where the art comes in. The science is right. The art comes in on how can you convince somebody to sit down and give you a coffee meeting. How can I reach out to somebody on LinkedIn who doesn't know me and get them to say, "Yeah, I'll sit with you for 15 minutes and grab a coffee and talk to you about medical sales." Like that's going to be dependent on you. That's where the skill set and or that's where the abilities and the talent and the natural charisma and the trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes on what they would actually respond to. That's where you've got to be able to to take the art of what we do and try to maximize it. So that's, that's kind of how I think about that. And I, I I felt that that would be a relevant part of the conversation I was having with Dakota to bring up for everybody here. Cause if you're trying that tactic using LinkedIn as a way to connect with those people, like you can't ask for anything more than to be able to identify the exact people that you should be connecting with who could hire you as a medical sales rep. Like that is the best thing that you can have. Like that tool is crazy that you can go find somebody on LinkedIn who has the exact job title working for the exact company you want to work for. And you can reach out to them directly. Like, that's not the problem. The problem is, what do I say to actually get what I want to happen? That's the difficult part. And that's the talent part. That's the art of what we do. So um, that's kind of the, the thesis or the the not the thesis, but kind of the overall conversation or summary of the conversation that I had with uh, with this guy. And I, I felt like it would be relevant to to do a little podcast and, and share that with you because uh, there's probably a lot of people that listen to this that are in a similar situation to him. Um, what I wanted to come back to, and I mentioned it earlier, and I said I would come back to it in this podcast, is getting people to be honest with you. right? When we were talking about the the six interviews that this guy had, and he's hearing that you don't have medical experience or you don't have a medical background, and that's what's hurting you. That's why we're not gonna hire you. We're gonna go with somebody else who has that. You don't know if that's the real objection or not. Right? Like they could be saying that just as a way to get out of it easily, instead of just telling you, like, I just don't like you as much as I like the other guy. (laughs) Like it could be that simple but you're not getting the real answer. I've talked about this before, but I feel like this is another way to think about it, and hopefully maybe it connects better if I use this example for it. You have to bring up, prior to them saying anything like that to you, you have to bring up the reasons why somebody wouldn't hire you. This seems counterintuitive. I understand that. I, I fully grasp that this seems like the wrong approach. It seems like you shouldn't be bringing up all the reasons why somebody shouldn't and wouldn't hire you. That seems like seems like the wrong thing to do. I've had reps that are like, that sounds that sounds like asinine to me. Why would I tell the doctor all the reasons Why would I ask the doctor all the reasons why they wouldn't work with us? Like, I understand, I get it, but stay with me and don't just assume that that's a crazy idea. Hear me out here. Human psychology that is what this comes down to. If I put my name on something, if I give a response to somebody that is not totally true, or that is a version of the truth, or that is exaggerated a little bit, like, first of all, I'm trying to get better at just being 100% honest at all times, regardless of the cost, because that probably plays out better in the long run. But that is, I fall victim just like other human beings all the time to this. If I were to exaggerate something or say something that wasn't totally true, i.e. if I'm the person that's doing the interviewing and I'm interviewing somebody and I just don't like them as much as somebody else or somebody else just, you know, the other person connected with me better. I found the other person more interesting. They were more charismatic. They asked me better intuitive questions that gave me reason to believe that they understand the position better than you an easy way for me to get out of it is to say, yeah, they just have, I'm interviewing other people who have medical experience, and you don't have that, that's the reason why we're not going to go with you. If they then, if that candidate then says, you know, if you don't mind me asking, is that the real reason why, or is it something else? If they ask me that after I've already told them that the reason is because they don't have medical experience, the The way that human beings operate is we double down on what we've already said because we don't want to revert back and say, No, actually, I lied to you the first time. That's not the real reason. Nobody else that I'm interviewing has any medical experience. Actually, I just like the other people better. Nobody does that. Just so we're clear nobody does that. Everyone doubles down. Like you see it everywhere. Like if you actually look around, anytime somebody says something that may or may not be true or they exaggerate something, whenever they're called out on it they always or almost always double down on what they first said because they don't want to look like an idiot they don't want to they they don't want to be caught lying to you or exaggerating to you and so they're they're just going to double down like no 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 actually the reason is if you had medical experience I would hire you but you just you don't have it so I'm going with somebody else like people double down when they've been forced into the corner essentially so the reason why I say you got to bring it up is because I need them to be honest with me about the real reason why they would or would not hire me. And it gives me a chance to, to address it with them. So you don't want to get in the point of the interview process where the person's saying, yeah, we're not going to hire you because you don't have medical experience. We're going to go with somebody else. If you don't have medical experience, you need to say it up front and bring it up for them and make, make it such, make it an environment where it is totally fine for them to tell you, yeah, the reason, the real reason why we're not going to hire you is because you don't have medical experience. You need to make it okay for them to say that to you. You need to make it clear to them that honesty with you is totally fine. Even if it's, even if they would typically think that it would hurt your feelings, even if they, it would be difficult for them to tell you, you need to make it clear it's your responsibility as a person that's getting hired your responsibility as the candidate to make it an environment where they can be straight up honest with you okay so you're going to you're going to ask them you're going to say hey look you know and this is this is prior to anybody saying this is prior to them telling you hey the reason why we're not going to hire you is because you don't have medical experience this is prior to that you're going to say to them hey look I understand that I don't have medical experience, and you may be looking at other candidates who do. Is there any reason why you wouldn't hire me over somebody else that does have medical experience? And they may say, yeah, or they may say no, but then that's going to get the conversation going instead of them just telling you at the outset and then doubling down. Or you can say, look, I understand that I don't have medical experience, and some of the other reps or some of the other candidates that you're hiring probably do. What would you, what would you need to see from somebody like me who doesn't have medical experience to hire me over somebody that does have that relevant experience? What is it that you would need to see, right? Like that is the best question that you can ask to avoid getting that objection. Now you might get the objection, right? Like we don't know if that objection is real or is not. You might say, Hey, is there any reason, or you might, I think the better the second question that I asked is probably better. What would you need to see from somebody like me who doesn't necessarily have the direct medical experience? When I, I know you're probably interviewing people that do, what would you need to see from somebody like me to hire me over somebody that does have that previous experience? They may say, "Well, nothing. That is the thing that I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody that has prior medical experience." Okay, okay. Now it's a now it's a legitimate objection. That's fine. Move the hell on. You're not going to get that job anyway. But they might say, well, what I would need to see is this, or what I would need to see is that, or, you know, I would need to see that you are able to learn really quickly so that while that person does have medical experience and a medical background right now, and they may know more about this than you do currently, I would want to know that two months down the road, you would close that gap to where it's negligible that may be the answer they give you. And then now you can handle that, but you can't handle it if you allow them, if you allow the interview to go all the way past and then they say, yeah, we're not going to hire you because of you don't have the medical experience. So like that is why you have to bring up, you have to intentionally bring up ahead of time the reasons why they would or would not hire you. Hey, look, I don't have medical experience and you're probably hiring people that do. You're probably interviewing people that do. What would you need to see from me for you to make a decision, yeah, I'm gonna hire you instead of the person that has prior experience. Is there anything that you can see from me? Or in, is there anything that you could con, conceivably think of in the realm of possibility, in the big scheme of things? Is there anything that I could do to show you I'm the person to hire when I don't have the medical background experience that somebody else that you're interviewing does? What would that need to be? Right? Like those are the types of questions that you should ask that allows you to figure out, like, is that a legitimate or an illegitimate objection? Like, it might be, yeah, sorry, that's legitimate objection. Okay, go to the medical sales college or do something like that to get that experience. But if they say, no, I just need to know that you're going to be able to close that gap in two months or, you know, who knows? They could they could come up with any, any real objection at that point, and that at least, you want honesty. You need to know where you stand, and you may be able to handle that right away. They may say, yeah, I want to see this or I want to see that. And then you're like, oh, well, wouldn't you know it? Bam. I have that. Or I do that. Or I could show you that. Or I can prove that I am that person. Right? Who knows? So that's, that is how I think about that. And um, yeah, that's kind of how that conversation went with Dakota. And hopefully that is illustrative for some of you that are out there thinking about the medical sales college and or struggling to get hired in medical sales or eh, just generally interested or interested in being entertained on a podcast while you drive. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.